HD Life FM, James here with you. Now, I was down at Cabro Dominican College last week, the day before St. Dominic's Day, and I had a chance to have a chat to three of the guys who are actually playing a pretty key role in the Talent Quest part, uh, Spencer, Thomas, and Shay. Yeah, this is what happened. Okay, so I'm here with three guys who are playing a very big part in St. Dominic's Day tomorrow, uh, one of which is Spencer. Here you go, mate. Pretty good, dude. Cool, man. Now, tomorrow, uh, you're being part of the Talent Quest for St. Dominic's Day. Can you tell us a bit about what the Talent Quest actually is? Well, it's like it's it's like a gathering of heaps of different acts, and uh, you get a time limit to show the crowd what you can do, and then you get heaps of cheers, or you get heaps of booze, <laughs> or you get heaps of laughs. Then they rate you, and there's heaps of different categories as well, so you can win for like best band or best original song or best crowd pleaser or stuff like that. So everybody gets a fair go. What is it that you're wanting to hopefully win in the talent quest? Probably the crowd pleaser. But um, last year we won, we won best band. But I reckon they only give it to the, they give it to the first band, like the earliest band that rocks up. They always get, they always get best band just for. Um, Should it not then be sort of like the punctuality award? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> and what instrument do you play? And what's the song? Like, what are you, what are you actually doing? Oh, I can't actually disclose the information about what song we're doing, but <laughs> I actually sing and play guitar. That's fantastic. Now, Thomas, you're in uh, also in the Talent Quest tomorrow. Uh, Shay and yourself, and Shay, people, actually listeners will remember Shay from one of the last shows we had. Uh, you guys are backing up a singer. Can you tell us a little bit about um, the performance you guys are going to be doing for the Talent Quest? Well, so the singer has written an original song and she needs a companyist for it, so that's our job. Now, are you also going to say that you can't disclose what's going on in terms of this particular song, or are you going to like give us an exclusive here? I don't think she wants us to, so I'm, I'm sorry, but that's just how it's going to happen. Uh, and what instrument do you play um, in the in the band? I'll be playing bass guitar. Who's your big inspiration? Oh, like bass-wise? Oh, so many to count. Um, Jaco Pistorius. Um, okay. If you're into like fusion jazz, you'd know him. Oh, just what he did to the bass and like, how he kind of liberated it. It's really good. Is any of that stuff going to find its way into the song tomorrow or are you going to play it a little more straight? Oh, if you play like Jaco in the band, you get fired. So, <laughs> sadly not. Now, Shay, uh, great to have you back on the show, mate. Thank you very much. It's good to be back. Now, you're playing, I'm imagining you're playing keyboard tomorrow in the band, is that right? Uh, absolutely, yes, I will be playing the keyboard. Now, I've heard recently, a little bird's told me, that you've recently had a, a, a big music exam and you did it one year above your actual level and the results were pretty awesome. Can you tell us a bit about that? Oh yeah, it was it was really fantastic. Um, the thing is, we uh, we went we went through it, and it was a huge undertaking to get everyone you know organised on the day to play. And uh, unfortunately, the um, the mics were wired the wrong way, so uh, we all had to do it again about three weeks later. <laughs> so luckily, the results were still still pretty high. Cool. Now, St Dominic's Day is a really big day here in the life of the school. Can you tell us a little bit about what St Dominic's Day actually is? Uh, well, it's mainly just about celebrating like everything Saint Dom did. Just um, you know, just spreading that kind of attitudes of you know helping people out and that you know real tolerance and acceptance. And that's basically what's at the heart of the talent show. Like it is a competition to a degree, but there's just such a great reaction to every act that goes on. Like it's just a great accepting atmosphere, and you feel like you can go up and just do whatever you want, really, and people will still love it no matter what. Now, the singer that you guys are going to be working with, does she have her eye on any particular prizes uh, for the talent show that she would particularly like to win? 
Well, we're not quite sure on what category we'll be put in yet. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, we could be, you know, best newcomer, best best original, best band, best, best solo. I mean, who knows? It's It'll all come out in the wash, I suppose. <laughs> well, good luck with everything tomorrow, guys. I look forward to hearing how it all goes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Spencer, Thomas and Shay there. we got lots more coming up. Arch D Radio. On air and online. Subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Arch D Radio, Life FM. I was down at... Cabra Dominican College last week because St. Dom's Day, St. Dominic's Day was a big event that was happening. Um, they were doing a big setup there. A whole bunch of students were there setting up all of the, the staging and all of that kind of stuff for this really big event. Uh, Katie, Sasha and Julia were also there, students, and they pulled a couple of students out of that to have a bit of a chat to them about what was going on. Here we go. Hi guys, um, could you just give me your names? I'm Yasmin and I'm in year nine. Yeah, and I'm Connie, and I'm in year nine as well. Okay, guys, so you've been here since year six. What is your fondest St. Dom's Day memory? Um, I reckon mine would be when I performed in year seven. Watching um, Connie perform. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do? Um, I sang Valerie by Amy Winehouse. Are you guys excited for the acts this St. Dom's Day? Yeah, we've yeah, got definitely. our friends in a band, and they're, like, opening the yeah. thing. <laughs> so we're, we really love watching all of the bands perform and all of the artists and dancers. And yeah. I reckon my favourite actor though probably over the few years has been The Contortionist when he came out of a box. That was fun. What's your involvement with The Day Tomorrow? Um, so we've just been helping set up. Connie's performed in it before. I've helped out every year since I've been here. A few times I've been a part of the mass, being an altar server and reading, that kind of thing. The setup. so what particular jobs do you have to do? Um, like hanging up the banners, going up the ladder and having to peg them. Um, moving around tables and chairs yeah. and setting up the altar. You mentioned a banner. What is the banner? Um, well, every class makes a banner for like the theme of the year. And I think this year is like the year of mercy or something. Walking together in oh, mercy. Yeah. Okay. So example, for example, my class, we did a lot of little people making up one person. And we wrote like walking together as one. So, um, yeah, it's just a really nice thing for the school to do. The lead up to the day, is it a good atmosphere? Do you guys look forward to it? Um, yeah, so over the first couple of weeks when we're making the banners, it's just really exciting and hearing about all of the auditions that are going on and the preparation and then helping out on the day. Is there a lot of preparation? Um, yeah, there is quite a bit that goes into it, you know, with all of the banners, there has to be a lot of organisation with that and just getting everyone else excited, you know, putting notices in the bulletin and all of that. Thanks so much for talking to us and have a great St. Dom's Day. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks to Katie, Julia and Sasha for that interview. We've got lots more coming up, lots more chatting about St. Dom's Day and a whole bunch of other things and a bit of a visit from an old friend of ours coming up next to talk about probably the strangest burglary ever committed, ever, ever. <laughs> You're listening to Arch D on Life. Absolute pleasure to welcome back an award-winning uh, music programmer here from Arch D, who's also done some announcing, Lee Simons. Hey, how you going? The pleasure is mine, James. How you going? Oh, man, it is a thrill to have you back on and here in your old stomping ground of Cabra. How's that? Oh, amazing. Has the place changed? Be honest. Uh, nah. <laughs> <Still> <laughs> same old, same old. Hey, look, we wanted to really discuss this particular issue because something that came up in the news. But mm. you were quoting to me a statistic that everyone, don't turn off. This is actually very interesting. You were quoting a statistic about how much rain we've had in Adelaide this year. It's staggering. 
Yeah, meteorological nerds, listen in right now because we've had more <laughs> <laughs> more rain this year. We're all meteorological already. nerds, yeah. aren't we? We are. Oh, we, at heart, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we've had more rain up to this date this year than we have for entirety of last year. That's got to be good for gardens, James. Abs- well, absolutely, it has to be. I mean, I, I don't know. Do you ever be gardening at home? Uh, yeah, we do, actually. A nice front garden, nice back garden with lots of produce. Really? Yes. What sort of stuff do you grow? Oh, we grow citrus trees. We've got lime tree, lemon tree, orange tree. Wow. We've also got spinach growing in the backyard. And we've got, in the front yard, not so much produce. It, there's a feature of a frangipani tree surrounded by lots of little native plants as well. So I'm pretty envious because <laughs> I can't get, I want to grow a lemon tree, right? Like yeah. I love using lemons and stuff and limes and stuff. I cannot get one to grow in my garden. The only place, when I've lived at houses in the past yeah. that have had them already, they grow like a weed, you know, they grow <laughs> constantly full on yeah. all the time. But you try to plant one, yeah. he just doesn't want to know about it. Have you tried planting them in a pot? Yes. Oh. I don't know. It's this weird thing. It's, it's like, I, I am on a cursed block. <laughs> I can't do anything, like literally. Lemons would probably rot in a bowl in my kitchen. You know oh, what I mean? Really? Like they just, this lemons not working. <laughs> Doesn't work out so well. So I'm going to keep it a bit of a medically sealed dome, okay. like a bubble, you know, sort of like, yeah. yeah. Like, we were talking about this because people do take their gardens very seriously. Yeah. So for instance, then your mum and dad being the more passionate ones of that. If right. someone, if they were to get up in the morning and say one of the trees was gone. There was like a hole in the ground that used to be the great lemon tree. And you know it's because someone had eyed it off, jumped the fence at night with shovels and other kinds of horticultural equipment and made off with the tree. How do you think they would react? Oh, I think they'd be uh, stumped, James. (laughs) Oh no, no! That was a that was a dad joke worthy part, definitely. But would they? Would this become a police matter? Oh, it depends how suspicious. If we saw tire marks around it, and then we, <laughs> there are yeah. tire marks around the tree, the and we have six foot fences. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what has gone on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The so- re the reason that we're chatting about this is because there has been a theft in the UK that that mm-hmm. has really stumped, as you say, <laughs> stumped police, law authority, everyone alike. Myself. Police in the UK have appealed to the public for information after thieves have stolen an elderly couple's hedge from their yard. Hang on, a hedge? A hedge. Like, I'm imagining this is definitely has roots in the ground. Yeah. You know, a hedge. So, Tillington, <laughs> Tillington, which is in Herefordshire residence, uh, Beryl and Michael White were surprised to wake up and discover their 1.5 metre tall hedge of 16 conifers, like Pine Christmas trees. trees. Christmas yeah, trees, yeah. yeah. Um, have been ripped out of the ground and stolen. The Hereford Times reported this. The pair in their mid-70s said it would cost around £10... That is $17.64, and I'm really glad they pointed this out, to replace each one and ask the people to watch out. This is the bit I love. Mm. Watch out for the conifers in case the thieves tried to sell them. So they're like, calls have gone out to all the cash converters in case, (laughs) you know, someone comes in with a large quantity of trees, Mm. or maybe not that, like nurseries with shifty looking people (laughs) looking out of their shops. Hey, like I've got these, uh, I've got these 10 trees. Don't ask me where I got them, you know, like (laughs) all exactly the same height. Um, But they've said, no, it's a sad, reflection of our times that this could happen (laughs) in rural Herefordshire. Police said the hedge had been stolen overnight earlier in the week. They urged locals to contact them if they had any 
information. Yeah, right. Do you reckon there'd be an amnesty? Do you think they would go like, for instance, if you knew yeah. that there were, there were desperate people oh, yeah. who'd stolen this hedge, right? Yeah, look, I could think of a lot of easier things to steal if you were desperate. I exactly. Mean, <laughs> like, what's the purpose? I mean, if, but if yeah, you did, like, purpose, if you knew yeah. these people, these desperate people who'd stolen this hedge, yeah, yeah. Would, you, would you go to the police with that information? No, it's kind of, you know, oh. you're dealing with, you know, potentially very dangerous yeah, yeah. Uh, horticulturalists here. Yeah, you're right. If they're willing to steal a whole, you know, hedge, you know, in the maybe the black of night and go through, you know, ways of planning it out and doing this sinister deed, then, you know, what else could they do? So why would you do it? Like, this is, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Obviously, you wouldn't do it. No. Maybe. But. <laughs> what are you suggesting? I don't know, man. I don't know. What, I'm not suggesting anything. Why are you getting so paranoid? Wow. Okay. <laughs> so. Just to think about it in terms of that, would the person then put the hedge in their own house or in their own yard? Well, I probably wouldn't put it in my house in case. Oh, no, that, okay. Well, not in their house. It's like, <laughs> and here's the lounge room, and here's the kids' sunlight. bedroom, and here's the pool, and yeah. in the middle of the pool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, where would you put it? Well, you probably wouldn't put it in the front yard for everyone to see off the street because then, you know, this thing's all over the news. People know what this hedge looks like. It's exactly. The most he- it's probably the most famous hedge in the whole entire world. So <laughs> just looks like a hedge. Yeah, it just looks like a hedge. <laughs> How would you, would you be able to spot hedge. a hedge in a lineup, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I know, this is like, if people have accidentally thought they've, like, dialed into, like, the 891 yeah. morning gardening <laughs> advice show... <laughs> Please don't now start ringing in the studio line saying, oh, I'm really worried about my wisteria because I'm not going to be able to help you other than know what a wisteria is. Yeah, no. Anyway, yeah. Lee, it's been great having you on the show, man. Fantastic to have you back on. Absolutely. Thanks, James. And I'm here at Cabra with Caitlin Symes. How are you going, Caitlin? I'm good. How are you going? I'm very well indeed. Now, St. Dominic's Day here at Cabra, it's here tomorrow. You're involved as well in the day. What's your involvement in the day going to be? Um, I'm going to be altar serving at the Mass and watching the talent show afterwards. Fantastic. Is, Is altar serving something that you've done much of in the past or is this something new to you? Um, I did a bit of altar serving after making my sacraments, so I did that for about three years. And then I kind of stopped just because um, my sister did her sacraments and kind of passed it on to her. And But now I've started doing it again because the school kind of needed more servers and I thought, why not? I've never really given this a great deal of thought, but when people are altar servers in a parish setting, people are generally a bit younger is there is there sort of an unofficial cutoff age when people can kind of where you sort of you you hand it on to sort of the next generation yeah i suppose you kind of get to like your 15 i suppose and then you kind of get practice for doing eucharistic minister by you know 18 years of age it's because you kind of get a little bit, bit too tall and um <laughs> everything um but no i think it it's probably uh better to actually have the little kids up there because then you get the younger youth more involved but yeah that's normally the cutoff age 15-ish so you're a year 10 now you would have seen quite a few st dom's days so far what's been your sort of favorite st dom's day memory so far probably my first year just because every year it's this is like st dom's day is kind of like cabra's day to kind of be a little bit more relaxed and kind of not make the ties so tight and it's good because the talent show is really like Cabra's concert, so everyone gets really into it. But definitely year eight was probably uh, the big one for me just because I'd never experienced anything like this before. Definitely a lot of cool bands and me being a drummer, I was always kind of like, yeah, go. 
Now, your yourself and your family were featured recently in a article in the Advertiser. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came to be? Um, so, our parish priest, Father Fred, he wanted us to do a little bit of an interview with the photographer and kind of just uh, send a message out to people that there are younger families attending the Mass and just kind of overall information, a little bit about us and the parish itself. Being in a Catholic parish is something that you've obviously done since you were since you were quite young. Is it something that um, means a lot to you? Um, when I was younger, it was definitely kind of like, oh my gosh, why would you get a mask again? You know, because at the age I was, it was just like a chore. But definitely, experiences changed me is attending the Australian Catholic Youth Festival and also chatting to some of the national organisation team members. They really kind of turned around the whole idea that it's not like a chore it's 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 made it a lot more spiritual connecting and it's a nice way kind of to relax and talk to jesus and yeah was going to the catholic youth festival last year a kind of a transformative thing did you sort of have were you sort of a bit oh i don't really know about all this i'll go to the festival and see what it was all about or were you more fully formed in your faith before you went because i because i had experience with the national evangelization team before i was really kind of ready for it but I was also a bit nervous um, but definitely with the support of the youth group it was something I was really anticipating and really looking forward to so I feel like I was pretty ready for it. Can you tell me a little bit about particular moments that kind of happened over the course of those three days that you found would just stick with you more than say some of the others? I mean there was so much happening okay this is more than just me coming and sitting down and doing something this is a kind of a moment in time. There was several little moments like that, but especially a big one for me was the adoration that we had um, with Sister Hilda. That was amazing, and I think half of the youth there were just so emotionally moved, and it was like it's so hard to describe just using words because it was such an empowering experience where all the youth just knelt down and it was so quiet, and we just had so much time to reflect, and me personally reflecting, and just just thinking, wow, like. You know, I really need to get a better communication with God and change, you know, how I'm living my faith and to kind of spread it more to, with my friends and, you know, say, hey, guys, you know, this isn't just, you know, church, church, church. You know, it's, you know, it's really empowering. And, yeah, definitely that adoration was something for me that I was <laughs> kind of really hit me pretty hard. But, no, it was, it was really, really good. Was it your first experience of having adoration before? Um, I think, yeah, I think it was. I before the hand, adoration was kind of, you know, like like I said, mass before, it was kind of like a chore. You just kind of, without knowing what the actual meaning is, it's harder. Then going to mass, you don't know um, kind of what's going on. It makes things difficult to, um, like, fully get immersed in. But this was, that was my first experience of adoration. And it was, yeah, it was the best, I think it was the best way to have it, the first one. It just, like, thousands of youth just kneeling. It was really, really good. What do you think, as someone who is a, a young person who's engaged in the life of the church, I mean, do you really think that there's a lot of misconceptions for young people stopping them, becoming more of an active part of their own of their own faith and in youth ministry in general? I think um, as, as a youth myself, I have those moments where I'll kind of be taken back with people asking like questions and those kind of things. And it, it does make it hard to live out your faith when you have those uh, misconceptions about what the faith actually is so it can be really tough sometimes especially being youth and not having uh, the full experience of uh, as um, adults have got now 
uh, with living out their faith for like you know all their childhood. So yeah, it can be really difficult sometimes. It can be really challenging. And like we were saying beforehand, it's something that I think young people face. And I still even think that as an adult, you know, you still face people within this kind of much more secularized sort of world, secularized society, really wanting to challenge, even conversationally challenge the idea that you actually do have a faithful view of the world and that that can be so different from person to person that there can be such huge diversity on the way that people live out their faith in so many different ways because i think that some people really do have very strong deep senses of spirituality about the world i mean we, we look at you know at, at a document like laudato si which is the um pope francis encyclical about the environment and living in the natural world the care of our common home i believe is what it's translated in in english and I've had some really interesting conversations with people where they've said, your Catholic faith is not something that I share or I even understand, but I have this real spiritual oneness with the planet. And they'll talk about, there's a good friend of mine who's a really keen surfer. And he said, you know, I get this immense, overwhelming spiritual feeling when I'm out there and I'm just in the waves and between a swell and the nature and, and I see the sky around me and really do feel at one with the world. And I say, you know what? We're really not talking about things that are so incredibly different, you know. Yeah, I think that example there with you know um, being in your environment, it makes it makes you realize that you know God has created this wonderful world we live in. Everything is everything that's natural. He's created, and people take time to notice these things like you know surfing and um, even like looking up at the stars. You know, you look at it and you go, wow, like what a beautiful like masterpiece our Lord has created for us. And even like you said with the surfer, like not having a faith and yet still having that connection, even even not knowing. Well, I hope that it's a, a really wonderful St. Dom's Day tomorrow. And uh, yeah, I look forward to hearing about it in future times. Caitlin, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Cool. Thank you for having me. RHD Radio, Life FM. Well, that's the show. Thank you so much to the staff and students at Cabra for having us in their mad preparation for St. Dom's Day. It was a crazy day, um, but fantastic energy, and I hope it went really awesomely for them. If you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, jump on to iTunes or SoundCloud, look for HD Radio and subscribe to our podcast. We are here every Wednesday night from 9, every Saturday night from 10 on Life FM. Stay tuned to Life for more of your music, and we will see you in a couple of days. Bye.